Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. My name is Dietrich, and I have the privilege of sharing this morning, and I uh, appreciate everybody coming out, and uh, I'll just roll right into it. So, so it was, uh, 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 just mention if I'm not talking loud enough, I, uh, without us having worship, the sound system isn't set up, so I figure I can just use my voice, so, but it was about eight years ago, um, I realized that uh Things were not going well. Something was was, was broken, and um, something had to be fixed. And I was completely powerless to fix it myself. I had no idea what I was doing. I needed some help. Needed some more information. So I was uh, unexpectedly became a business owner and had a small group of employees. And overnight went from having about ten employees to six, and uh, realized. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, it was kind of like hitting rock bottom as, as someone who is uh, an employer or a manager. And uh, kind of my low point. But it was a, a great moment also because it really had me come to a realization that I didn't know what I was doing, that I had to learn something more. All my experience at that point, I spent about 15 years as a student ministry pastor, working with junior high, senior high students, or in church plants, volunteering in churches, and coming to realize that working with a group of volunteers is dramatically different from leading employees and caring for employees and providing human resources. And I had had this great idea to bring together some people. Uh, I had some employees had some conflict. And I'm like, I'm going to reconcile them, help them work through this matter and this issue. And um, they both wanted to bring along a friend. So I had, there were four employees involved in the end, all of them full time. And uh, um, by the next morning, they had all quit. So <laughs> not just the two who were threatening to quit. So, uh, <laughs> and um, which is tough, you know, like someone still had to do the work. And uh, those are rough days. And, but it led to me going, going back to school. I'm like, I got to learn how to manage. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so, you know, I, I happen to own a business and have a lot of employees. And, you know, it's not, not something I've ever talked about really from up here uh, in front of a crowd. Uh, though it is something in private, like I could just talk about forever. I, the, the things you learn and the experiences. But coming to that realization, I didn't know what I was doing. Went back to school, went to St. Scholastica. Great program. I didn't go back to really get a degree. Like... You know, getting an MBA, you know, wasn't going to get me a raise. You know, <laughs> it was like a matter of survival. It's like, it's like, the, like uh, I got to figure out how to prevent this from happening again. And just learned some amazing, under some amazing people who taught or, organization development and how to work through things that I was dealing with. And literally every Wednesday night, I'd be having a night class. It was kind of geared towards uh, adult professionals, and so it was a night class. 
my wife would make fun of me because she thought it was just the easiest program ever. You go one, one night a week and uh, sit around talking about work. <laughs> but I take the things I would learn on Wednesday night and I started having my staff meetings on Thursday mornings. And it was like I had this whole room of uh, test subjects. <laughs> I try out new things. And uh, we were learning about different change methods and methodologies. So I, I tried them all. And some of them were a little weird. And, um, you know, and I'm sure some of my long-term time employees would uh, tell you some funny stories about things we did. Like sitting around a campfire on an iPad and uh, sharing, <laughs> just burying our souls to each other. Um, but... A thing happened, you know, I had these amazing people with tons of experience investing in me and I'm learning from them and just taking that in and was able to do something I couldn't do on my own. And that was, you know, become a better leader, figure out how to help people through conflict and how to lead people through change. And at the, at the heart of all of it, it was also staying in that place of realizing I don't have it all figured out. I, there's no like getting it all down and now you know you're an expert and you know exactly what to do the the biggest part of learning was the humility of yeah I, I don't know it and here's some things we can try and we'll work through it and we'll talk about it and and grow and grow from each other so what does this have to do with what we we're talking about this morning um, it's kind of long a roundabout way this came to me um, because in preparing for today, I decided, you know, I'm just going to sit down and, and read some of the Bible, right? I'll pick a book of the Bible, read through it, see what sticks out to me, what, what really hits about what I'm dealing with, what I've come through. And uh, so I choose, and I'm going to read a gospel. So I choose Mark because it's the shortest one. And uh, just, you know, I'm just blazing through it. And there was right at the beginning that stuck with me as I'm reading the whole thing is Mark just really jumps into what the whole thing is about. And he starts out talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist came and is teaching about um, this changing of life through repentance, you know, changing direction, you know, symbolizing that through baptism, literally in water, and then living differently. And, but he himself talks about, hey, God is coming. And he's going to do the same thing. There's the same thing of working through changing direction, living a different way, but it's going to be, the mechanism is different. It's not just the symbolism of water, but the Holy Spirit's going to work and do the work. And the Holy Spirit's the one who's going to do the changing from the inside out. And this realization that things aren't quite right, they, they need to be fixed at times, and we can't do it on our own. Uh, just seemed to really resonate with me. And this theme, I started seeing it, once you're looking, once you see it, you start seeing it all through the book of Mark. Um, uh, comes up over and over again, that the Holy Spirit's doing the work. And this probably stuck out to me because for the last month and a half, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit at the block party. <laughs> so, you know, we, you know, it's like control chaos, junior hires, mostly just, you know, bouncing out the walls. And then, you know, I was like, oh, throw some, some good information at you. And we've been talking a lot about seeing the Holy Spirit around us and recognize it. Um, it, it uh, it's not that everything's bad. You know, there's, there's very extremes when it comes to how we view our world. 
And one extreme is that everything is going bad. Everything's just hell in a handbasket. It's great alliteration. I don't know who came up with it, but I really appreciate alliteration. Um, like everything's falling apart. That's one view of the world. It's that, that it got broken a long time ago. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I, I see the world differently. If you look around you, you can't help but notice the, the beauty, the complexity, even of our societies, like how civilization has evolved throughout millennia. Like it's undeniable that we have made incredible progress as human beings. Of course, it would be naive to say that it's all good. You know, there's definitely things that are broken, that are wrong. But I, but I, I don't know, my kids have heard me talk about this. I take gumption with this idea. I take gumption with this idea that I think has been in our world a lot throughout the 18th, 19th, 20th century. Like, uh, we should look back to some good old days when things were more pure. It, it, like, that doesn't exist. In the founding of our nation, they're looking back at like the governments of old. Let's try, let's try and figure out how when they had it figured out. Let's try and copy that. Or the writings. I'm a big fan of Tolkien, but the, I can't help but see every time I read through Lord of the Rings with my kids, how many times he talks about you know the people of the past, how they were tall and strong and powerful, and they had magics that have been lost from this world. And this type of thinking um, has been through a lot of our culture and Western society for a long time that, man, if only we could get back to when things were more pure. You see things hawked and sold on the lines like, hey, we found the long lost secret that was, you know, existed before. This is the key to, you know, happiness, weight loss, whatever it might be. Like, oh, we found that thing that was forgotten. I don't think so. I think that we are growing, that God is doing more work than we realize. And that, that goodness is bringing us farther and farther. But of course, things are still broken. Some things are not right. And we're pretty helpless to change a lot of it. Um, but I, I, I point out to my kids, though, too, that, hey, we, compared to most of human history, we live in a relative utopia. You know, three words for me sum it up. Um, surgery without anesthesia. <laughs> you don't have to go very far back to be in that situation. You know, the first anesthesia surgery was like 1840s, but it didn't become common until the beginning of the 20th century. So we, we fought a whole civil war without anesthesia with surgery. It's just crazy to think about uh, the things that we uh, forget and don't appreciate. Um, but what about the other stuff? Things aren't, aren't, aren't quite right. And that's where I feel like focusing on the Holy Spirit you know, is a big part of this. Because things aren't quite right. There needs to be something to turn around. And the Holy Spirit and God is probably doing more than we realize. As adults, I think a lot of us have bought cars. Um, you know, there's this tendency, you find a cool car, and you're like, wow, I've never even seen this before. What do you call it? It's a Honda Civic? Wow, this is amazing. And then, and then suddenly you, you get that car and you start seeing them everywhere. Like I bought a Honda Civic back in 2012. And suddenly I'm like, hey, look at this Honda Civic Club. Like great Honda Civics were so common in 2012, 2013. I'm like, they're all over the place. Like I was like so much on the, the cutting edge of what was happening and the trends, right? And uh, we have this 
um, it, this built-in thing in our brain where as human beings, there's so much input coming into us from the world. You know, we can't take in everything, every sound, everything we perceive, but we have this amazing ability to zero in on the things that our brain thinks are important. So when our brain is thinking about Honda Civics, we start noticing them everywhere. And recently this has happened to me with Ford Escapes because we've started buying Ford Escapes for work. And it's like, wow, there are Ford Escapes everywhere that I never noticed before. And uh, it's so like, oh, oh, it's not one of our cars. Um, I thought we were the only ones. And uh, went off on a tangent there. But, um, you know, so we, we have a tendency to only notice the things that we're looking for, we're focusing on. So uh, we do have some mile markers, some signposts pointed to where God is working, what God is doing, and in the Bible we, we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. So, and there are nine of them. I really worked on this because I kept saying it wrong in, in youth group, but uh, <laughs> there are nine of them. Uh, the confusion, okay, I'll get to that. Uh, so there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? <laughs> confusion comes in from goodness, because sometimes they say generosity. You know, it's classic translation between languages. You have a word that could be like goodness or generosity, and you can see how those two go together. Goodness is like putting others before you, giving up your time and yourself, you know, being generous with who you are. So that word is both. Um, so those nine things, if we, if we get ourselves out of a rigid view of how God works, that it only happens in a church, it only happens when we activate with prayer. We, we come to the realization that oh, God, God sent Jesus, <laughs> did it on God's timing, and the Holy Spirit's been active in the world for millennia. Then God is doing things, and there are good things happening. We can start looking for those things. We can start looking for where there is love, where there is joy, where there is peace, where there is patience. And love is a big one, super broad. You know, there's a classic Corinthians 13 love chapter, uh, you know, it covers so much. Like, honestly, anything that we value as good in the world, it probably falls under love. You know, when we see, you know, like, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't mention, like, advocating for people and uh, being an ally or uh, combating injustice. But you can find elements of all of that under just the definition of love is. That we are putting other people first. That we are not self-serving. That we are looking for the goodness of others. And uh, so you start spending time just paying attention. I challenge you uh, for a week um, um, uh, to choose one of those things. Maybe it's love. It's pretty broad. Maybe you choose something a little more specific like generous or goodness and start seeing where God is working already, what the Holy Spirit's doing. You'll start to notice it. You'll start to, to, to shoot shoots shoot out at you, <laughs> be really obvious. And then we can, we can pour energy into that. We can add to that. We can duplicate it. We can bring it elsewhere. Um, and suddenly, um, some things might feel threatening. You know, uh, you know, I have acquaintances, old friends who feel threatened by things like movements towards dealing with injustice, uh, dealing with equity, and that, Know, rankles them a little bit. I think because it doesn't quite fit their mold of how they think God works. But I, and I think what's happening is they're not necessarily looking for the fruit of the Spirit. They're not necessarily looking to see what the Spirit's 
already doing. But we can join into it and we can pour onto it. And it really opens up what it means to be walking in the way of Christ. Um, started on one thought and skipped one. So, um, let's think about what I just said. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, and that takes it to another level then. What about us individually? We can start to see what's happening around us. Um, and then our part in it. Oh, the thing I, I wanted to mention is um, we, we notice the things we're looking for. If we're also focused just on how things are broken, if we're so focused on quote unquote sin, you're gonna to start to see it everywhere, right? And yes, what we said, you know, reality is things are broken. We're gonna be intellectually honest, right? There are things that are not good. There's unnecessary hunger in the world. There's injustice, there's war, famine, poverty, that in, in a virtual utopia should exist, but, but God's not done and the world's not coming to an end. So we keep moving on and upward, right? And uh, so if we focus on the other side, it can feel defeating because we start to see all of that. And uh, that gets tough. That can get really tough and we get down and we feel like there's nothing we can do to accomplish it. And it doesn't mean that we're making these things up when we see them. Seeing the good things happening doesn't mean it's fiction. It means that we start to, is this thing gonna crack? Yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense. It feels fine from here. So Sarah's worried the stool's going to crash. Um, uh, <laughs> or break. Words I'm coming to me. Um, where is it? Uh, oh, it doesn't mean it's fiction. It means that we're just becoming more aware of it. Uh, just because we hadn't noticed something, maybe we hadn't noticed that we a neighbor moving into the neighborhood, doesn't mean they don't exist. <laughs> They're there. It's real. So we're just becoming more aware of it. Um, so like we start seeing God working, it's not like we're saying everything's a miracle, but we can see the goodness, we can see the fruit of the Spirit coming out. We can recognize it and we can pour into it. And then the same way, there's this constant battle, you know, like, you know, do we fix ourselves as Christians, as someone who's walking in this way? Or do we, like, God fix us? You know, is it about, like, do we get right with God by working really hard? You know, it's... You know, this is interesting because it talks about change, a you know, changed way of life and the change happening to the Holy Spirit. And I feel like, you know, we're okay. Jesus shows us the way, says that we're, we're okay as we are, but we want to be this fruit growing in our, in our lives. So you could, depending on your personality, you could make a, a checklist and, and start grading yourself. You could. Or you can start becoming aware of it, just like we, I was talking about in the world. Like, okay, where... What do I see going on in me? You know, what am I becoming aware of? And in the same way as we become aware of, you know, how we're growing, how we're, we're developing, how we're growing as a person and what the Holy Spirit is doing, we can put energy into those things. There might be something that, like, you feel like what you're becoming aware of is that you're really deficient in an area. That's okay. Like, we can work on these things. That's not what makes us right with God. But that's, that's us partnering with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit work through us. Right, growing that awareness, and then at, at the at the end of the day, it's really hard to do this alone. Uh, I'll go back to my little analogy, my story about work. Um, I had a huge turnaround over the course of about a year, and one of the biggest things was 
was bringing like more people involved in the process. I decided like, hey, I need some other people in leadership. You know, I worked alone for a long time, sometimes out of necessity. You know, I took over a very struggling company, and and I couldn't do that in the beginning. But the world really starts to change when you have other people you can rub shoulders with. You can uh, be honest about the struggles. You can talk through. You can bounce ideas off each other. You can talk through what's working and what's not working. And we are a, we are a race, a species that's made to like rub shoulders and have those conversations. So we have this great community here uh, that I love where it doesn't matter what your perspective is and where you're coming from. Um, we have students who come to our group uh, who have grew up in church, new to church, are staunch atheists, <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's okay. We're not threatened by that. We're here to gather, to socialize, and, and share our thoughts on, on what God's doing. So um, just to leave you with this challenge for a week. Uh, try out looking for what God's doing. Choose one of those through the Spirit. You can be as broad or specific as you want. And uh, just remind yourself of that each morning and see what you notice. I encourage you to take some notes. And then find a partner to share with, whether a spouse, friend, a group member here, and start adding energy to what God's doing. I'm going to pray, and then I encourage you all just to have a wonderful Sunday, and uh, um, I'll see you around. So, Holy Spirit, we recognize that you're here already, but we invite you to um, just make us aware. Just bring the power of, of awareness uh, into our lives over the coming days and weeks uh, and help us to see where you're working. Uh, and give us uh, the energy, boldness to add to that and to step into what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. All right, you guys. There's plenty more coffee and time to hang out. And uh, yeah, have fun.